Welcome into another episode of the Return of the Roar podcast. Frankie Cardicelli, Chris Watkins, as always. Uh, what's not as always is the Kings winning basketball games. Uh, since we've last talked, the Kings have won three straight games. Uh, they've won five of their last seven. Uh, the team, I, I will get into it, but you know they're, they're, they seem to have, have figured something out. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily they figured it out, but uh, nonetheless, the team has gone streaking. Uh, Frank, the question that I want to ask you is, what is your stance on streaking? Obviously, you're not a streaker, but, um, you know, streaking and I'll say with with storming the field or the the field of play, obviously, uh, television has kind of made their stance on it and they they always cut away to like an off the field or or like a, a, a wide shot whenever anyone rushes the field because they don't want to promote like. Oh, this is something. Fun they get like angry. Yeah, they do get angry. They get angry, and that kind of makes it kind of annoys me. It's like if if they're yeah. unclothed, I get it. You can't show it. That's not yeah. appropriate for you know. Can't have that on the TV with the kids at home and everything. But um, if it's just like a fan with his chest painted and he's running around with the, with the a cape like a you know like a Pittsburgh Steelers cape and he's running on the Heinz Field and he's juking the security out, I don't understand why we can't see it. I think that's the best entertainment in sports. There's that that clip of kevin harlan calling a fan on the field it's the most electric it's like the most electrifying piece of sports (laughs) of sports content out there that isn't game related i'm glad you brought that up because actually it's not a fan it's a squirrel or a squirrel (laughs) and so that's what i was going to say is it's fun i understand like i just i just preface the logic of why they don't show it because they don't want to endorse people doing this. They don't want to have to deal but, with this. But they're going to do it anyway. Sporting event. They're going to do it anyway. Anyway, they definitely don't want. Yeah, but you're showing the cats. You're showing the squirrels. You g- you got to show the humans. They're I mean, disrupting the game. Yeah, they're totally disrupting the game. You know, the- I'm sure other cats, other squirrels are watching that, being like, "I want to get on Jeffrey that. over here, <laughs> getting his TV time." This guy. There, there's a swarm of bees that have. Uh, I was watching Yankees uh, spring training last year, two years ago, and bees make, the, made the whole game bad. stop. Yeah, it was like two. I mean, maybe longer than, than that ago, but uh, no, it was a while ago. It was a while ago. I think Marcus Share was still playing, and he came really out. With, he, he came out with like honey from the dugout and was like holding it up. Like, will this help? It's like I don't know. That's how it works, but no, I am. Um, I I want to see the fans get tackled by security. I think that the yeah. sports world wants to see them, not just showing Joe Buck sit in the booth saying well the fans on the field we're gonna wait for this to get cleared up yeah. let's talk about something that doesn't matter so um no it gets the fans it gets a crowd going too it gets yeah, a crowd going it really does it's really so. funny i just thought about this that like you'll go to a football game and watch people juke and tackle all day and you know you might have a reaction to it but the second like some random joe schmo runs on the field and jukes or you know <laughs> Larry, the security guard, goes out there and runs a four four forty and just spears somebody. All of a sudden, everybody's like, "Oh my! Like that's the greatest!" I mean, it is. Yeah. It's all, like it's totally awesome, but it's just it's hilarious. The forty seven year old security guard with no it, with no meniscus in his knee just is out there. Just and like that tackling. is your footage. Like that is your package for the rest of your life. You're gonna be a forty seven year old security. You know that's that's your resume. That's your video resume. You're like. Hey man, I could I could work at Fort Knox. I could work at the Capitol <laughs> Building. Like you, you, you show me the you. place, and I will secure it. I got footage. you always. Yeah, pay me. 
That's just right there. That's just to bolster your resume. Absolutely. Yeah. Give these guys a chance. Yeah. Like you, you, you are taking away from these guys that are, that are, that are putting on the line, tackling these people, these drunk idiots, and they deserve to be recognized. These security many, guards, you know, like, <laughs> I don't mean to make this too real, but like, you know, King security, like they're always just standing there watching the game. Like, Give them, some, give them some action, you know? How many yeah. times have those guys on the court just, you know, sat on their corners and... What was the... You know, in, in basketball... They got the suits get, on, too, like... But for basketball, as we shift into basketball, yes. who ran on the on the floor? Was it LeBron? Someone ran on the floor in Cleveland? There was a kid. There was a kid that ran on the floor and, like, was like, please come back to Cleveland, and LeBron hugged oh, him yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, That's right. When he was in Miami, and he did. Yeah. See, they um, show that, though. And they did, yeah, all the kid. Then they don't show and there was the a kid who ran on the court to say hi to Mello, too. I think at one yeah, with point the, recently, but the kid, it's like adorable. You can go back to your seat mm-hmm. here, here's your popcorn. Yeah. You want your popcorn back. Then it's like a guy in his 20s, and they just drag him out of there, yeah, and him, put his picture up on the front, say, Don't let this guy in again. You're banned for life. Getting signed jerseys, shine, signed shoes, and stuff. Like, oh, that was so adorable. The kid ran on the floor yeah. and he he shook Melo's hand. It's like, oh yeah, the 19 year old college student that ran on the yeah. floor got pummeled, got yeah, a got... flying kick to the face, <laughs> got expelled from you know Harvard, and it's like, geez. yeah, every, everything else like, gets expelled. Gets parents kick him out. He's the whole. This is total 180. I would say also like. As a parent, like obviously, I'm assuming those kids that went onto the court came with their parents. How does that happen? Like, how do you like misplace well, your child for ten two, seconds and you're like, oh, they're on the court? No, there's two. There's two. Uh, there's two ways that could happen. One is you're just a bad parent and you lose track of your kid at a sporting event and they get out there and sneak. Or there's another scenario where it's, hey, go out there, go out there and go go grab LeBron. Go go say what's up to LeBron. Like you're no, a kid, they're not, they're not gonna care. They're not gonna care. Terrible. Also, bad parent. <laughs> bad parent. Both, both, both is bad parenting. I think. Yeah. Both. So, yeah. if you're out there and you've had a kid running onto an NBA floor before, yeah. uh, in the middle of a game, you might, you might <laughs> be a bad. Funny parent. is if your kid's like 11 and you're like, ooh, like, is this, is this a, like, what's the cutoff age for like tap? Yeah, like, like, would, would a security 12, 13? Like, are you 15 or 16, kid? How old are you? <laughs> Yeah. 16 bang they stop Dexter right before like ray lewis how old are you um 12 you're okay you're okay right, you want to come right, back to your seat lebron come here <laughs> lebron photo op lebron this you? kid wants to take a picture with it well i turn 15 next boom yeah <laughs> oh man all right let's done. uh <laughs> speaking of done anyways like we were saying initially the kings have won a couple basketball games in a row um this is three three in a row um and not only is this i i'm gonna get a little ahead of myself here not only is uh is this three games in a row the kings are as we've said previously in the past going to a very favorable stretch of their schedule here so um things are kind of starting to pick back up in terms of momentum and and I won't say the general public is beginning to buy in, but the Kings have opened the door for that situation to happen. Um, let's just start off with Frank. Do you, do you believe that a, the door is open? Do you think there's an opportunity for the Kings to, uh, to step into something that, that we've been expecting um, and be, 
like do you do you actually expect it to happen like do, do i think that this think is it? A, they they figured it out here? yes um i think the opportunity is here for sure i won't say that they figured it out and they are completely like rolling full steam ahead this is the team that this is their full potential i think they can get a little bit better which is kind of um maybe the more optimistic side of me but uh when you look at the teams that they've been beating they beat a fully healthy portland team at the time they were fully healthy they beat a fully healthy lakers team even though i had someone in my comments on twitter saying how the lakers aren't fully healthy because they don't have trevor ariza and kendrick nunn so (laughs) i guess the lakers weren't fully healthy because they didn't have 37 year old trevor ariza but um, beating the Clippers twice, and that's the those those are the Clippers that you're going to be seeing all year because Kawhi is probably not going to play. Um, they're they're wins the that I game. think in the what? Oh yeah, the second game the with second. Paul George. Uh, they won by five the second game. You're right. Um, and obviously the Magic they give up one thirty. It's it's I'm I feel good about the team right now, and I think that as you talk about is the opportunity there, we're going to see what kind of opportunity that's it's going to be turning into this weekend when they play. I won't say they're good team, good teams, but they're 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 not bad in Charlotte, even without their guys who are out due to COVID. I know Lamelo Ball is out. Um, who else is out for them? Terry Rozier. Terry uh, Rozier's have, out. Uh, Plumlee's out. Um, Plumlee's out. Um, I don't think Ubre's. There's there's uh, like four or five significant guys in their rotation that are out. Yeah, so they get Charlotte. They get Cleveland. Cleveland's the one who kind of scares them the most, and then obviously Toronto um, has been pretty good this year. We're going to see, but you, you can't sit here and just say, wow, the three-game winning streak, this doesn't mean anything, or five of seven, whatever, because some fans are out there doing that. They're rolling their eyes at it saying it means nothing. I don't think it means everything, but it's it's a step in the right direction, and that's all the team needs right now. They just need to see some wins and, and take that step in the right direction, and I hate to say it, and I hate to say it, actually. It's just kind of factual. They're four and three since Luke Walton got fired, so it. I'm not saying that was the fix-all move, and we said it never would be, but it's, I think it's fixed a few things. So, I do too, and I think a couple things go into that. I mean, they're they're coming into a weird stretch or are getting out of a weird stretch of the schedule that allowed them like at home uh, four or five rest days, practice days as well. Um, I think that was really big in in, uh, in getting you know Alvin kind of more you know, indoctrined into this team, kind of putting his stamp more on the team. I don't know if we necessarily saw that um, last night against Orlando. I think definitely offensively um, the team is, is putting their foot on the gas pretty heavily here with, with Alvin, obviously with the exception of that Clipper game. Um, yeah, they've scored 120 yeah, plus was... in like f- five of their last eight mm-hmm. games. I think they've scored yeah. 120 plus, which is kind of insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially after earlier in the season, they were just, there were nights where they, I mean, we we saw it in that Clipper game and and um and in that that Laker game too that they lost. There there gets points where this team just completely forgets how to shoot, um, or as we've said countlessly in the off season, they just don't factually have the people on the roster who are shooters and can put up uh, uh good three point numbers. But I think the team is is definitely figuring out their groove offensively last night um, against Orlando. I don't know if we'll see it often, but uh, De'Aaron had 33 points and one assist. Um, Tyrese ended up with 11. You, you definitely made point um, to point out the fact that, you know, Tyrese, when Tyrese is running, running the offense, like it just it just works. It works so well. Um, not necessarily with him. You know, he even made um 
I like the word he used last night in his post game interview of of making the decisions. Um, you know, I don't think that's groundbreaking or anything, but just to hear him talk about how um, you know when he's has the ball in his hand more um, when De'Aaron's off the floor, he's really just that's when his decision making opportunities rise and I think those are the moments where you really see like man this guy by himself is like is is a functional offense like this guy can just figure it out um just with his ability and with his creation so um I'm just kind of rambling here but but what what did you see uh or what have you seen um from this team that seems different well, Tyrese has picked it up. I, I over the last three games over this 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 winning streak, he's in my mind, he's showing on a nightly basis that he is the primary distributor on this team and should be every night. He should have the ball in his hands controlling the offense. I mean, if you look at it over we can go over a larger sample size, eight games. Tyrese is averaging ten point five points, seven point four assists. Um, he's a distributor. And De'Aaron is is we all know he's a scorer. And I think he is doing the most damage when he has the ball in his hands with the intention to score, not the intention to play make. Cause we know that De'Aaron can play make. We know that he's averaged seven assists before. Um, I think this year he's even averaging five, but I think that this team's the model of this team. It, it, it works and runs the best when Tyrese Halliburton has the ball in his hands as the primary distributor controlling the offense. De'Aaron has been moving more off ball. I'm just noticing he's been making, making moves to get open. Um, He's been knocking down some threes over the last couple of games, which I don't know if that's something that's going to be longstanding, but um, I just think the model of this team works best with Tyrese running the point. And I think that's something that's been happening more lately. And when De'Aaron gets the ball, instead of worrying about getting his teammates involved, I'm okay with him just worrying about scoring because he is an effective scorer when he wants to be. And I think his turnover numbers kind of go up a little when, when he's trying to, to when he's trying to do too much too. I don't know how many turnovers he had last night. I don't think he had many. No. I think he might have had one. No, he's um, averaging three on the season. I was just looking. Who, De'Aaron? Yes, De'Aaron is. He had one turnover last night. Yeah, he had, he had one turnover last night. That and he, He's had one turnover the last three games. Mm-hmm. Over this one turnover each game over the last three games. Granted, that's and, a one-to-one assist-to-turnover ratio, but... For sure. But over those three games, yeah. Tyrese has had 11 assists, 11 assists and five assists. He's been the distributor and De'Aaron has been playing well too in his own right. So it's, it's an interesting dynamic that I think is starting kind of to shape. And I know Tyrese has been joking about it a lot. And last night he had, was cracking a bunch of jokes too, about how uh, Fox and, and De'Aaron's chem Fox and Tyrese's chemistry has been taking a hit. He said tongue in cheek and, and mm-hmm. they've been had to work on it. I had to call and we had to work it out. Um, I don't think there's ever been chemistry issues there at all, but there's been functionality just kind of discord on the court as far as their two guards that need the ball in their hands really to be effective. This is kind of a way they both can can win. Tyrese is is, is a playmaker. De'Aaron's a scorer, and Tyrese can get his licks in when he wants. He took only eight shots last night, I think, and he scored 17, 15 points, uh, 18 points on nine shots. So um, it's been exciting to watch those two work together, but – Will it last? Will this be something that happens on a nightly basis? I don't know. Um, you see guards like DJ and DJ, CJ, <laughs> DJ. DJ Lillard, uh, CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard. They they have to kind of work out a similar, similar thing here. Whereas Damian's more of a shooter, but CJ is, they're kind of both guards that need the ball in their hands. So mm-hmm. these are, these are two players here, De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton that I think right now 
this is the best they've played together. And I think we're mm-hmm. seeing it right now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, yeah, the stretch of the stretch of games that that De'Aaron has put together here is, has been very encouraging because, I mean, this is it's pretty much I mean, it's no surprise in the beginning of the year. We were talking all the time about how the team was essentially missing somebody who would uh, be the aggressor, be their leading scorer. And De'Aaron just wasn't being that guy. Um, you know, I, he hasn't been setting the world on fire, averaging 30 points a game. But last night with 33 um, I think he's he's it's his percentages recently that's been been really really good and he's he's just kind of been figuring out I think he's taking less threes which is which is helpful um, just in general I think um, the team is kind of you know since Luke Walton has left has has kind of abandoned I think uh, there was a point in time where we kept hearing they wanted to take 35 threes a game um, I, I don't know if you know that's still their goal but it definitely seems like they're more of just like uh you know not not forcing the issue and uh speaking of forcing the issue do we want to move into buddy healed who is um as the kings have won buddy healed has has far and away been been the biggest loser of the past uh three games just could not hit anything and and it is not for lack of trying uh, last night he was. Did he finish one of ten from three last night? Uh, I think he was. He finished one of ten. Yeah, I don't think he played the the rest of the game after. The, As you should. Third. Um, that's something if I think we've been nine seeing. Threes, you know. Yeah, and, and people. I think Jamar's uh, our very own Jamar's had had a stat. Let me pull it up real quick about the numbers underneath Walton and the numbers underneath Gentry. But he healed wow. one through seventeen games with Walton. He was playing twenty eight and a half minutes a game. 16 and a half points, 40% from the field, 40% from three point land. Now in the last seven games with Gentry, but he's playing around the same minutes per game, but he's dropped off to 13 points per game, 32% from the field and 25% from the three point line. Mm. So I know that buddy played for Alvin Gentry when he was a rookie. And I think that's kind of, he was a rookie. Obviously it was the first 30 games of his career, but those are his worst numbers of his career. Um, it seems like Gentry just isn't really going to put up with Buddy going out there and, and keeping him in in games like this, which I think Luke would have kind of let him kind of work through it. And mm-hmm. we've seen before this year, Buddy would go two for nine or whatever, and then hit four of five to end the game. Just, do you think the the coaching change is to blame for this, or is he just taking bad shots? Because he's... He's getting open looks too, and they're just not falling. But I think he also is still taking those buddy healed threes that we all kind of look at each other up in the media section, mm-hmm. like, "What the hell is he doing?" Do you think? Do you think it's coaching? Do you think it's just decision making, or do you think it maybe is the flow of the offense? I would say it's probably decision making. I mean, after watching what this is our fourth, fifth season of Buddy, um, he definitely has always, you know, ha- has gained a a fairly quick trigger. Um, which as a shooter in theory, the theoretical buddy healed, like, yes, he should be having that mindset. You want your quote unquote, uh, knockdown elite. I'm, I'm not calling him elite, but, um, you know, your, your knockdown shooter to have that kind of mentality of, I have a shot. I think I can make it. I'll take it. Um, but the problem is buddy's not making it. Um, and you know, we, we've talked in the past about how he's, really not a uh, a knockdown shooter he's a very very streaky shooter and just kind of 
plays the percentage game and eventually will will you know level back out. I'm sure he'll you know he's at 35 percent from three now. <clears throat> I'm sure he'll end up at significantly. Yeah, I'm sure he'll he'll bring it back up to 38 or something like that by the end of this end of the season. Maybe not if he doesn't get the opportunities. Um, I want to shout out um, Tim Maxwell, Sacktown Baby Draft, who had uh, Buddy's stats over the past six games. He's averaging 10 and a half points, 26% from the field, 15% from three in the last six games. I, that's it's just terrible. In the last three yeah. games, he's averaging 19 minutes a game. And obviously, the Kings are Kings are three and zero in that stretch. It's and, it's. I mean, it's, ahead, it's what James Ham has always said is is that this team is very. I mean, you know, it's it's no surprise we've talked about it. The team is reliant on Buddy Hield hitting his threes, um, but they were apparently too reliant on him hitting his threes. You can't, um, you know, if Buddy wasn't. But he was shooting them out of games. I mean, I'm surprised last night he didn't with his one of 10 performance. Um, but I would say probably the only reason he didn't shoot him out of the game is because Alvin didn't play him. Do you want to know why he also? He yeah, he would have just kept coming in and hoisting him up. Do you want to know why? He also, the, the Kings have this, this, they have two players that are very similar in skill set. Yep. And We've only one of them are on at the same time. And it's like they shifted and switched. I don't know. It's like Buddy Heald became Terrence Davis and Terrence Davis became Buddy Heald because you look at what Terrence Davis has been doing over the past five games. It looks almost reminiscent, but even more like more so maybe better on Terrence's side than Buddy stats over the last mm-hmm. five games. TD 17.6 points, 53% from the field, 44% from the three point line on seven attempts per game. 81% from the line, and he's getting almost five rebounds per game. That's basically Buddy Heald. That's really basically a Buddy Heald stat line. So the production is still there. It's just coming from a different player. It's the same production, but instead of it being Buddy Heald, it's TD. And TD's field goal percentage is even even higher because he drives the paint. We've seen him multiple times. Chris, you point out yeah. how he just drives into the paint. Just no fear, does not move, straight line. Yeah. I'm going to the basket. You better get out of the way or you're going to take a charge and I'm going to get called for the foul, but he doesn't move for anybody. So it's, it. there's been a shift, a tectonic shift that we've seen Buddy Heald become what Terrence Davis was at the beginning of the season, which put Terrence Davis out of the rotation, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how bad Buddy's playing right now. And TD is now the starter. So things have changed. Uh, and it makes me kind of wonder if, if Buddy Heald wasn't Buddy Heald, the name, the contract, mm-hmm. and obviously he still has that skill set. I wonder if he'd be out of the rotation right now as well. You can make a case there are some guys that should play over him. Yeah, Mark- uh, I think the contract's the big thing. I mean, it's it's tough when the off-the-court stuff then becomes on the court. But, I mean, this is the exact reason why during the offseason I just I, – I, I've never understood the the value system of paying Buddy that much money. Like – this is exactly what I would say is, you know, you have Buddy Heald who's making 20 million and I don't know how much Terrence is making, but let's just say for easiness sakes, it's 5 million. He's making, well, um, if like you're paying, if you're paying this guy 4 million and the other guy 20 million, then why don't you get rid of the 20 million guy? And yeah, Terrence Davis might not have the cap, of, you know, the, the skill cap of, or the skill ceiling of Buddy Heald, but you know, he can give the essence of Buddy Heald enough 
to where that $16 million gap, you can use that. Like, that's just a waste. That's $16 million of just dead space that you're not using because you spent it on this upgrade that really wasn't that much of an, you know, obviously they got buddy before then, but um, it's, it's just, that's why having such a big anchor like buddy's contract on your books can just kill your team because you're, it's, you're just, you're just wasting money on a skill that you could have paid minimum. Honestly. I mean, you know, Duncan Robinson was on a minimum contract for a long time. Obviously you then pay him out. Joe Harris was on a minimum contract for a long time. Like it's not, it's not a, you know, even Terrence Davis, Terrence Davis was a second round pick and then will eventually, you know, now he's making 4 million. If he gets a real role with the Kings, eventually he might make eight, 10 million. Like, who knows? But he has potential, and he's young. He's yeah. twenty three years old, uh, third the, year the, in the league. Yeah. the The problem is that they're just Buddy Hield's one of the best shooters in the league when he's on, and he possesses that ability. And like you said, the ceiling is higher with Buddy. I think that for sure. Um, well, the thing is, the I'm ceiling for Buddy is this, yeah, the ceiling's right about, now. Is the it really, right now? Is is Buddy's ceiling even that high? I mean, like this is it. I mean, this, this is, is we, we've seen it. We've he's, seen it. He's, 29 28 29 now yeah, be 29, I think. his little age thing threw us off when he when he gained a year but he'll be 29 this month i think like in the next week i think he'll be 29 and i think everyone would kind of confidently say buddy has regressed in his time uh throughout the kings you know he did progress at one point but he has definitely regressed since then um and if you know what's what skills besides shooting is buddy like good like nba good at like he NBA can rebound at, he can rebound 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 that's, which is that's... also an effort thing and just kind of crashing the board like i don't know he's not like jumping over people to get rebounds for or sure anything. he is a good offensive rebounder i will say yeah. that I'll, I'll say he's an nba average level guard yeah. offensive rebounder but he's a knockdown three-point specialist when he's on when he's at his best yeah and he can rebound at, at at or a little bit above a guard average, what guards should average. Has Buddy Hield and that's about it. Gone like six of nine from three. Oh, I, yeah. That's probably an ignorant question, but like, Buddy I Hield? yeah, I don't feel like he's ever yeah. actually been on like that. Like when I feel like it's generally am, like a shoot through it, and eventually, like he might catch fire for a, kind of like what we saw with Terrence Davis the other day in the third quarter, where it's like he kind of has to find it. He has a twenty-three point quarter, and then. Oh, he's like one of four in the third. Or in the he, um, Buddy's gone seven of eleven this year. He's gone six of ten. Um, I mean, I get that's kind of it. You're you're kind of right this year for for sure. Because to be considered um, like a knockdown, like there's games where like Duncan Robinson does not miss. You well, know, what was his best? His best year here was what twenty eighteen nineteen. I think. Uh, yeah, the the uh, he averaged twenty yeah, points per game. Twenty points a game. Uh, that year, that was Luke's he, first year, correct? Yeah he, yeah, he had plenty of games where he went. 8 of 13, 7 of 9, 6 of 11, 6 of 11, 6 of 9, 5 of 7, 5 of 8, multiple times. Yeah. It's it's efficiency. It's, <laughs> it's been efficiency. Just, yeah. That was uh, Dave Yeager's last year. Um, mm. And then the next year, obviously, there was like the whole in the pandemic shortened season. Buddy got moved to the bench for bogey, and that was the drama right after he got his contract. Mm-hmm. Um I think that there is there is well, we, we're both looking at our phones. Rick Carlisle entered COVID yeah, no. health and <laughs> Yeah, the Kings they aren't going to Indiana, but they're they're going to face some teams coming up that have some COVID concerns. And I saw also knock on wood, the Kings have been pretty unaffected that, by COVID. And that's what I'm saying. I don't, you know, I, I think that there's a possibility um, that 
you know, they could that they could at some point get affected by COVID. Thankfully it hasn't happened as they've been trying to find themselves, but that is something to look out for as, you know, as the team is trying to figure it out, hopefully, you know, it affected them at the end of last year in late April when De'Aaron Fox went out. So, which could be worse, um, honestly. You might, yeah. you know, Hornets might be getting a blessing and just, I mean, not that you can't get COVID again, but just knocking all this stuff out of the way now and early. It, it would be a lot more painful if the Kings are in the thick of a playoff race and then De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, Rashawn Holmes all get out for COVID. We're all going to knock on wood. Everyone listening, knock on wood right now. Um, On that note, we should also, I guess, make note of the fact that uh, we were at a couple practices this week and Tyrese Halliburton did um, tell us freely that he he got his his booster shot and is boosted. So he's boosted. I know I got to get boosted, too. I think, uh, you know, just just for stating that on the record. Boosted Um, to end the the TD buddy talk. I just think that they're they're very similar. They're very very similar. Similar from a skill set standpoint, except TD has more. He has more of. There's more hope for him defensively. He actually has one of the higher yeah. defensive ratings on the team. Um, mm-hmm. Buddy is is almost dead last on the team, uh, as far as players that are that are. I mean, one fourteen. Um, Davion Mitchell is at the bottom of the team in defensive rating, which is kind of a, something we probably should talk about at some point. Um. And then TD's, yeah, he's in the top five. So it's it's interesting. It's interesting just to see the fact that there, there's two guys on this team that possess the similar skill sets of being a scorer first and everything else secondary. So um, we'll see if Buddy can figure it out. I don't think he will be benched, and I'm not saying he should be benched. I think that he is a very talented player, and if he can get going off the bench, hey, more the merrier. Um but I know the Kings have been looking to make a move, and if they do, it'll probably be him, Buddy, that is included in whatever deal is made. So um, for now, seeing TD play like this is exciting to watch. This is the kind of player that we envisioned when the deal was struck in the offseason. And, uh, yeah, TD's been good. Over since the, over that over the time as the Kings been good, minus mm-hmm. that, that stretch at the beginning of the season, he's been good. So It's been uh... – it's been tough to just watch. I mean, obviously, this is that was the uh, you know TD's been inserted into the starting lineup, but I just this team needs like Terrence Davis needs to be coming off the bench. Buddy Heald needs to if he's going to be on the team coming off the bench. This team needs another starter so desperately to play in between Barnes and Holmes. Um, it's 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 not it's obviously not killing the team, but I just think it would help so much to get another reliable body out there. Miles Turner. Um, that has their own talent. And I mean, yeah, we, we can get into that part. Um, yesterday, it was uh, reported by Woj, I think. Or Woj or Sham. I think one it was of, One of the two. It doesn't Shams. matter. We don't work for them. We one don't of the big give, two. Yeah. yeah, one of the two. Um, that uh, the Indiana Pacers are, I don't have the exact wording, but essentially they're open to trading uh, Karis LeVert, Miles Turner, or Sabonis. So they're definitely trying to trade Karis. But it seems like they're only going to move one of Sabonis or Turner. It's probably going to be um, Turner. Did you see his comments this morning? I didn't, but it would make sense because Turner's just the more movable player. He's not as good, and I in, don't think he makes as much money. But in short, Turner kind of came out today and just said how he's he's over always being the name that's floated. And to be fair, yeah, he's I've heard his name mentioned in trade rumors as long as I've known Miles Turner in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, there should be like a, a side, like a, a players association, like 
little side group that's just like we get thrown in trades all like me or not me i say me miles turner cj mccollum buddy marvin like i'm sure there's you know other ben simmons can get in there now but um i don't think he would show up to the meetings but um, uh miles turner makes a lot of money i mean not a lot but it if they want buddy i mean it's their their contracts almost align he gets 18 million this year 18 million next year. So it's only you're trading for one year and a half of him. If you do make the move for him. So I don't know if the Pacers are going to get much in return, but he averages 13, seven, uh, how many blocks per game? He leads the league in 2.8 blocks per game. Mm -hmm. He led the league last year, 3.4. He's a, he's a elite elite shot blocker. Um, and he can knock down the three ball 40% from the three point line this year on, uh, on almost five attempts. So, this is a good player we're looking at here, but also that brings uh, it brings problems with it because we have Rashawn Holmes, and does that mean Rashawn moves to the bench? Uh, do you go with the Twin Towers kind of thing with 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 Miles Turner and Rashawn Holmes? It, I don't know if that's something that could work out, but then again, Miles Turner can space the floor. There's just things you need to look at when you when you make a move like that. But um, I would not be against that at all. I think Miles yeah. Turner has been rumored to come, or the Kings have been linked to him for years, so. Yeah, we we have known that uh, Buddy Heald has been in the past thrown out for for Miles Turner, and that deal was was pretty much going to happen, and then kind of fell through. Um, but you know, it's it's an interesting decision for the Kings to have to make. To um, you know, and saying this obviously as it is with trades, there's no guarantee. Even if you throw your best offer out there, that that it'll be the offer that Indiana takes. Um, I'm not sure that the Kings – it would take a lot. I mean, if you're going to get Sabonis, it would be really, really tough to not have to throw in a Tyrese Halliburton. Um, and so I don't yeah. I don't know if the Kings at the end of the day will be willing to bite that bullet. But, you know, someone like a Miles Turner is probably a little bit more movable. You probably wouldn't have to give up um, Halliburton for that. You, I don't think you would have to give up Harrison Barnes either. I can't imagine – because also the thing is, Indiana is going to, you know, presumably try and rebuild after they they move these guys. And so, you know, they probably don't want a Harrison Barnes. I don't know if they would want a Buddy Heald who's got two years on his contract. Um, they want youth. They, they it yeah. would take, Obviously, it would it'd take Davion. And like you said, I think that the the key guy teams want is Tyrese. I think that every team when, when yeah. the Kings are come calling is like asking, so what about Tyrese? Yeah. What we can get Tyrese in this deal? He's he's the player on the Kings with the most value right now. I think um, he's on a thought ch- exercise. Sorry, yeah. no, you're good. Um, I'm just rambling. Would what what would what do you think the team would look like if you were to just kind of like switch out the piece? So if you did Karis, let's let's say Karis, uh, all all three of them, Karis, Miles, and Sabonis. This is obviously never going to happen. But the Kings pull a trade. They're like, oh, we'll take all of them for. Uh, we'll say Buddy. It would probably be Harrison. I personally don't. I mean, you wouldn't need Rashawn at that point if you if you're trading for both of them. So we'll say Rashawn and Buddy or and, and Marvin or something. You know, like how would the team look if it were De'Aaron, Halliburton, Karras, Sabonis, and Turner? Pretty good, I think. I mean, honestly, okay. Hold on, hold on. Set your bias aside, Frank. Set your bias aside. <laughs> Honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, calculating, uh, 
I still kind of like the same. It. Kind of the same. It's interesting because I was a little better. Like, Miles Turner, Rashawn. Obviously, you know Miles has the extended range, but a range and you can block. Are more they shots. really like? I wouldn't say value wise, but I would probably say people probably covet Turner more. But are they really like in terms of moving the needle? Are they that different? Of it reminds. It's kind of similar to like the Rudy Gay deal. Like, wow, he's a good player. He's a really yeah. good player, and he comes here. Did it really move the needle? No. Yeah. Um, I think Sabonis, the Kings, however, is a player. That's a, a needle mover. That's a needle mover. That is a needle Karis, mover right there. Also, not a needle mover. No, Karis Levert is not a needle. No, but but Sabonis is one of the top three centers in the game right now. So yeah. it's um. That would take a lot, though. That would take probably Rashawn and Tyrese. I'd imagine they ask for both, maybe even Davion, because I think he's under contract for four more years, three or four more years. That would take a lot. I think that's what they would ask for. Is that what they would get? Probably not, or maybe they'd go find it from somebody else. But Sabonis, uh, 18 points, 12 boards, four assists, 60% from the field. Um, He doesn't play much defense, but... This is random, but maybe Rick Carlisle really liked Harrison Barnes when he played for him in Dallas and would, would have some sort of influence and be like, no, this is the kind of culture setter we need. You know, and it's it's not like Indiana's trading off Brogdon and, and uh, you know, I guess just kind of Brogdon. But it's just interesting to me that, like, they're, they're not just saying, like, yeah, we'll sell them all. Also, the fact that they want to, you know, split Sabonis and, and Turner and not saying that they – they uh they do, want to trade both. It, it seems like they're the Rick, trying to retool actually and not rebuild. You mentioned the Rick Carlisle thing in Dallas with HB. I saw I can't remember who tweeted it. I want to give them credit. I think it was one of the Kings Herald guys. I want to give you credit, but I can't remember. I'm sorry if you're listening. Um they mentioned how the, the Mavericks a player they desperately could use right now and the type of player they need is Harrison Barnes and how it just kind of it's poetic that they need mm-hmm. a scoring wing that can play multiple positions on, on small forward and power forward. And they don't have it because they traded him for Z for Zebo and Justin Jackson. So did we, we won that trade, right? We won that trade. Frank, that's not even a question. Play a landslide. <laughs> we literally traded obliterated Justin Jackson, who might be out of the G league at this point. I'm honestly, I'm uh, ignorant to that. I, I don't want to watch Justin Jackson play basketball anymore. That's that's where I'm at with him. Uh, and Zebo, who I think was actually not playing when they he played again. Like, he played he, his last he's game been here. out of the league since they traded him. Yeah. Uh, for Harrison Barnes, who at the start of bo- the past two seasons has had the best starts of his career, and then kind of became well, Harrison Barnes a little. But you know, he he's not a a, a dead horse. <laughs> No, collectively, he's been playing the best basketball of his career since coming to Sacramento. I think. I mean, if you, I don't know what his career numbers are in Sacramento, but I would, I would imagine they're the best out of anywhere he's played. And all those look, he was hoisting right it up in Dallas. I mean, efficiency wise, for sure, because in Dallas he was he was Luca before. I mean, he wasn't Luca, mm-hmm. but he was playing the Luca role before Luca was there when they were just bad. Um, so he was putting up like twenty two, twenty five, might have even been like twenty four. Yeah. Just shooting his, like forty two percent. His usage rate in in Dallas was twenty five percent. In Sacramento, it's seventeen percent. It's way down in Sacramento, but in Sacramento, he's had the best numbers of his career: fifteen points per game, forty seven from the field, forty uh, percent from three, six boards. I mean, in Dallas, he averaged eighteen a game. But no, it, it's he's been a good king. He's been a good king. Mm-hmm. It's good funny, great right in the community. 
It's uh, I shouldn't say it's funny. It sucks that Dallas actually doesn't have anybody else besides Luca. Really, um, you know, Screw obviously Dallas. Chris Dapps is sitting out there, but uh, because they could really use a Rashawn Holmes for Harrison Barnes deal, and I think the Kings, if given the right talent back, would be very receptive to do that. Obviously, Dallas has absolutely not, unless we trade for Boban or something. You know, Luca is <laughs> overweight and fat, so I guess we could give up HB and Rashawn I, for him. That's a fair trade. I, I would be willing to, if if we get fat Luca. I, I would be willing fat, to accept yeah. that. Have you been seeing that? What do you think about that real quick? I know there's no one oh, wants to hear about Luca. It's absolutely Luka, fat. I mean, he, it's, he does look a little, a, little, a tad slower this season. I can, no, you can see, like, he's obviously a, a world-class athlete. He's an NBA athlete. That man likes beers. Like, he likes <laughs> beers. It's not, he, like, I don't know if he parties. I don't know if he's a club kind of guy. He's young. He's young. We're all, we're all, we're all 26, 27-year-olds. I can he's, tell you that right now. He's a young 21, 22-year-old. He, he's just got, you know, he's got a little, he looks like me. Like, he's just got a little, he's just a big guy. Like, he shouldn't, he shouldn't look like that. Like, you don't have to look like that. And, like, five years or something like that, he'll find a vegan diet and he'll you know his chin will will go up and or, or should go back into himself isn't that funny you know? how athletes evolve isn't it funny how athletes oh, yeah. evolve like that like kevin love used to be kind of like that too remember kevin exactly. love used perfect to be, example he, perfect he, example i someone on twitter said he's he's taken on three different appearances over the form <laughs> of his nba career there was the overweight shaved head look for kevin love in his early going years then there was the really skinny kind of long shaggy hair when he first mm-hmm. came to Cleveland and now it's kind of just like he's kind of like bulky. GQ Kevin Love now yeah GQ Kevin Love now he's like kind of bulked up and it's it's very interesting how athletes evolve and yeah Luca's not gonna look this way forever and he'll probably get back into shape he is a world-class athlete um and he's still averaging 25 8 and 8 yes. and he's gonna be an MVP uh, I mean t- it's top five probably it's so. very very similar to the Zion Williams same conversation where it's That's, you know yeah my <laughs> I, I troll about it, but you know, is Zion fat? Like, I mean, he's 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 not fat. Obviously, the fool can jump forty five inches the, off the ground. He's he's not fat. The phrase is bulky. Is he cut. He's, he's too bulky. He is not he LeBron needs, James. He needs to cut. Yes. he needs to cut. Yes. He is a he's a six foot eight. 300 pound human being and that's a lot to put on your feet and his feet literally cannot take it right now so um yeah i mean i think it's tough when you're like a natural it's lebron doesn't get enough credit he really doesn't because like lebron should i say this all the time like lebron should be a morris twin like that should be like when you're that size (laughs) that weight that height you just you should be weighed down a little bit. You shouldn't be as fluid as that guy is, but he moves like he's like he's Michael Jordan, like he's a six six, hundred ninety five pound or whatever Jordan two twenty five. I don't know. Like he moves like he's a guard, and Zion is. I mean Zion's six six. Zion is is yeah. Michael Jordan's height, but he, from what reports are, is is over three hundred plus pounds. And that's just not something, you know, when, you know, even the Morris twins never got that big. Shaq, you saw, ended up dealing with that where you're just like, I'm a big guy. Like Shaq, even when people would say he's out of, you know, out of shape and, you know, he would definitely sweat up a storm on the court. But um, even then, you know, Shaq is running up and down the court for 40 minutes in a playoff game. 
I'll be damned if that guy is out of shape. No, but when you when you put on all that weight, athletes in every sport, even football, where people have the most weight on them, they're more apt to get injured. The most injuries happen in football for a lot of reasons, obviously. But you look at basketball. The guys that are the bulkiest, they they break down. They break down the, the soonest. Uh, Shaq started breaking down. He's a huge body. Those seven-footers obviously break down because that, that's just is the way their bodies work. But um, Blake Griffin, the guys that are bulky and, and just huge, they break down. Blake Griffin started breaking down at 30. I think 29, 30, he started falling off. Um, Zion, I hope this isn't the case, but he, his body's not – it's not accepting the, the the current state that it's in. It needs to change. Um, even in baseball, like I told you on a podcast before, I think Giancarlo Stanton on the Yankees, who's a, a house, big. huge, he was too big. He was straining obliques and straining biceps, and it, the body just breaks down when you overwork it and you put too much emphasis on your muscles. And the NBA is is one it's, – it's one game where you see guys that are cut more often because you're, you're constantly burning everything running out there on the floor. You're constantly burning fat burning muscle you're running non-stop 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 um cutting everything down and and zion and luca are two guys that luca's had some injury scares to begin the season uh zion's been hasn't played they need to change their their routine and regimen that's just pretty much as simple as it is and they're they're going to like i know that's what athletes do they adapt and they change it up but um because we've seen already without these players these teams are not they're nothing I mean, New Orleans is is their season's not over, but if Zion doesn't come back, it's gonna be over. Um, Luca, if he does go out for a long period of time, it's curtains on Dallas. They become a G guys, League team. They'll become a G League team. Um, which I know people that I mean, no non. Sorry, don't mean to offend G Leaguers, but yeah. Well, also, no non Kings fans listening to this and and. Saying, well, what if De'Aaron goes out? Yeah, I mean, if De'Aaron or someone on our, the Kings not, you could say the Kings or insert your G League joke there. Except too. for Harrison Barnes, who apparently the team will then find themselves once you go down. Which, yep. of course, isn't that just the most Kings thing ever? Just like I mean, you and I talk relentlessly, and I mean, if you watch Kings basketball, you would come to the same conclusion. We would say all the time, if Harrison Barnes or Sean Holmes goes out, this team does not stand a chance. Like put a put a, the nail in the coffin. They just don't have the size. They don't have the the people who who would fill in those roles. Lo and behold, Harrison Barnes doesn't play for what was it? He missed three, well, four games. You mentioned you mentioned Rashawn. So the only injury housekeeping oh, yeah, update we have is Rashawn Holmes needs a needs a face mask. He needs Bro. to invest. He needs to wear that LeBron Phantom of the Opera thing. That's the same eye. You know, it's the same eye that when really it's the same eye like, that. Sorry, it was like last week, no? He got poked in the eye last week. <laughs> I, his eye looked scary. I don't know if you were at practice that day when we talked to him, but his no, eye was bloodshot red, kind of some bruising around the eye. He took a shot to the face in that right eye, and I don't think anyone had seen it that up close yet, so we saw him at practice. Took a, another direct shot last night from Mo Bamba on a play that seemed like it was in slow motion too. He pump faked, got Mo Bamba in the air. Mo Bamba was up there for what seemed like an hour. And Rashawn just slowly went up just to draw the contact and Bamba just smacked him in the face. So um, his, I saw that um, Dr. Holmes, Rashawn's mother tweeted that he's going to probably have to get stitches. So I would imagine he's not going to be available tomorrow or Saturday. That's just my general thought process. 
And also, I think he was in concussion protocol. But I was going to never... say that. Yeah, I was like, I, I, I feel like he, he probably he might be, he, he might go be under concussed. the blue medical tent. <laughs> he might be, he might be concussed in the purple, the purple medical tent, in Sacramento. There you go. Um, yeah, man, poor Rashawn. I, I saw. Um, I, it was a couple, maybe like a month ago. Uh, it might have been Miss Holmes, uh, Doctor Holmes, I should say. Um, it's doctor to you, sir. Yes, Doctor to Doctor to me. Um, Doctor Holmes post an old uh, newspaper clipping of when Rashawn was in high school, um, and Rashawn Holmes wore goggles. Honestly, I'm all for him bringing the goggles back. Like Kareem Abdul Jabbar style goggles. I think it'd be a cool move. I think it'd be, I think we should bring it back. I I like that over a mask. I do too. I I think it's a, it's a nice trademark. It would be nice to have. People complain about masks. They think they're, didn't LeBron say the mask is so uncomfortable or someone said it was so uncomfortable. Like they couldn't stand it. It's a hard piece of plastic. On your face. (laughs) (laughs) On your face. (laughs) Wouldn't it hurt even to get hit on the mask though? I just don't understand how that. Wouldn't it still break your? No- I don't. I'm confused. Yeah, There's a hard part that sticks. Let's out get Rip picture. Hamilton on line one. Hey Rip, how does the mask work? Well, yeah. it protects your nose. Like and you idiot. It's probably more just about keeping it in place than it is like brunt protection. Blunt force trauma. Yeah. Sorry, not trying to get into murder pod stuff here with that phrase. It's actually now a murder podcast. It's not a murder podcast. Uh, but no, Rashawn, get well soon. Um, other than that, knock on wood, everyone's healthy. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to get to before awards? I mean, do we have any other things we want to touch on? I had the stat pulled up real quick just before um, just before it's gone. Uh, just to kind of close on De'Aaron. Um, I had it earlier and I forgot to put it in. 15 games, pretty large sample size. Uh, I think we can say De'Aaron is is on the road back or is back. Uh, 15 games, 22.3 points per game, 3.5 rebounds, 4.7 assists, 1.3 steals, 47% from the field, 35% from the three-point line, which is above his career average. So um, I think we can kind of all table our De'Aaron is, is a – is losing it or yeah i think we can we can table that for now i think that the discussion we had earlier about how how De'Aaron will work best on this roster with tyrese is a conversation we could have and we did have um but we should all kind of curb the De'Aaron is is a bum talk because it's just not true so just wanted to put a cherry on that before i exit out of the tab um then i will say that on record I'm not a fan of uh, Miles Turner and, and Rashawn Holmes playing together. I okay. think you'd probably have to play one. I think the spacing would be terrible. Um, and I think that you would eventually realize that you can only play one. And uh, I can, you know, it's, it's nice to have a lot of good players uh, on your team, but I just think it would be uh, pretty much a waste for I don't uh, more Rashawn than it is Miles. Like I, I think Miles could figure it out being a rim protector, being a three point shooter. Um, if they were to just ask him to do that, but Rashawn, I think would struggle in limited minutes to kind of find his push shot and get the kind of impact that he kind of eventually gets throughout the game. Yeah. I think that'd be face for Rashawn. I think too, if, if they it were would to say, also, Hey, too. it'd be tough to keep him. Yeah. Yeah. We brought in this guy who might be gone next year. He has one year on his deal still, but we're going to bench you for him. Yeah. So also like neither of those guys are fours, like neither and- of those guys can guard fours. 
Yeah, and someone out there probably listening is, who gives a damn if you bench him and he's upset? You have to win the basketball game. I understand that, but I'm just saying, I mean, Miles My- Turner's, as, I don't think he's going to yeah. come in late. Like you said, he's not going to fix all of our problems. He'll help with the defense and protect the rim, but again, I don't think he's a needle pusher. The Kings need to make one of those needle pushing moves. So, yeah. And also, I would say to that, that has been very evident by this Kings team. Emotions matter. And, uh, if if you just don't accept what you what you are being asked or you know if you want more of your situation it it tends to affect your on the court play as well a basketball team is a lot, a lot more intimate than baseball mm-hmm. or especially football where you have these teams with a, with a bunch with 30 40 50 people this is a close group that are yeah. around each other all the time and we've seen it before like you said with delicate balance Pissed off Marvin Bagley, pissed off Buddy Heald, De'Aaron Fox, who seemed very disgruntled over the last week or so, yeah. two weeks. Um, back to the boogie days. If if there is if there's a break in that link, it's yeah. it's gonna I, show. It's it's just it's easier to tell Alex Len to come off the bench than Rashawn Holmes. Yep. Like it's not necessarily that Rashawn's a worse person than Alex or Alex is more accepting. It's just they, you know, accepting your situation. Alex also, is like, I, I kind of am just not lucky to be in the league, but I know that I'm just trying to find my footing, you know, not find my footing. He's been in the league for a while, but he's just trying to hold his footing. And also, Rashawn feels like, you know, he just got a new contract. Problem. Also not a problem. Rashawn's like, not the problem. Not the problem either. The, yeah. center, the centers and the Kings are not the problem. The, the problem is the Kings have one legitimate small forward. So yeah. that's a position the Kings should be focusing on. They, they need... Terrence Davis is starting at small forward right now. So I agree. No um, let's That's move on to the fun portion. Of awards? The, uh, I'll, I'll, we'll do awards. Yeah. Awards. awards. Um, and then a little basketball roulette after. Um, you go first last time? Did I go first last time? I think I think I went first last time. I'm just saying that so that you go first this time. Okay. I mean, wow. okay, I'll go. Basketball I'll go roulette people have changed also for the better. I knew, I knew they did, and I wanted to be surprised. I want to be surprised. Okay. Uh, You're going to be very surprised because it's a great list. Starting off our awards, King of the Week. King of the Week. We, yes, we, we should we, also establish King of the Week, Coke Machine of the Week. We, we've, talked about, uh, we've talked about how well he's been playing this, this three-game stretch, and I'll pull the stats up again. He's turned into what we thought Buddy Heald was. Uh, TD, Terrence Davis. 22 points per game, like I said, 58% from the field, 50% from three on eight attempts per game, which is just kind of insane. Um, and he's playing defense, 1.3 steals per game. Um, he's been a huge part of this winning streak. He's been a huge part of it. He scored 23 against the Clippers and 28 on back-to-back games. Uh, last night was kind of like the perfect – like if he can do that on a nightly basis, maybe not 16 mm-hmm. points, but 10, 15 points, whatever in that range. Um, play defense, rebound, five boards, and – kicking a couple assists like he did he had three um that's that's exactly what the kings need right now and with buddy healed not playing like buddy healed the kings need that production td's providing it and he's gonna get a shot i think he's gonna continue to start until he just doesn't play this way anymore and um hopefully that doesn't happen but as we know with the kings players um their contributions fluctuate but right now td's on a heater so congrats td i'll be a microwave if you want me to Ooh. Um. All right. I like that. TD. Obviously. Yeah. We talked about it a lot. But he's he's been he's been great. His his shots are starting to fall, and and he's he's having a really good impact on the team. Um. My king of the week 
is going to be uh, Tyrese Halliburton. It's got to be. Um, in the past three games, in the three-game win streak, he's averaging uh, 16 points and nine assists, which is which is just, I mean, that is chef's kiss. That is, that's that's what you want your main ball handler to do. Um, and you know, I obviously him and De'Aaron are, are splitting carries, but I think. Um, I really like what they were doing. The more time I have to sit with it, the more I really like the dynamic that they had in the Orlando game of just, and you and I talked about it during the game, but um, De'Aaron doesn't necessarily need to be the distributor. Like Tyrese is such an excellent distributor that I would much rather have De'Aaron solely focused on get my buckets. If the opportunity is there, just attack, attack, attack. Last night, he De'Aaron did. He got 33 points, like I said, one assist, which normally you would complain about, but I think it he just looked so good and so dominant doing it that I would love to see Tyrese be more on ball, see De'Aaron um, play like how he did last night and really just attack attack the rim like, like Zion Williamson would, where it's just like this guy is determined to go to the rim. We know he can't shoot, but he's just so – I keep using the word determined, but like he's so determined to get to the rim that like it's just what he's going to do and he'll be damned if he gets stopped. This is not here to talk about De'Aaron Fox. Tyrese has been great. Um, He has now played 81 career games, so pretty much has a full season of uh, of work behind him, averaging 12.7 points, 5.4 assists. That's that's a pretty good rookie year to me. Yeah, I. uh... I honestly just thinking about because last night I said how Colin Sexton and, and Darius Garland how they kind of run it in, in Cleveland. And Cleveland's been a good team this year; they're above five hundred. Uh, they might make the play in this year. Um, we've seen Colin Sexton just gets his buckets, and he's been a good player because of that. I, I don't think people think he's an all star talent, but he's a good player. Scores twenty points per game, gets it done. You know, Darius Garland, who's had a, a great season, kind of like a coming out yeah. season for him, really. Um, after last year, he had seventeen and six, but this year, nineteen and seven. Um, and then Sexton's out for the year, but he was averaging 20 plus. That's kind of a model. Um, now I'm not saying the Cavaliers are a perfect model for that, but um, it's just, it's a very similar situation, and it was working for them in the early going. They were winning games. I think they started the season like seven and two or eight mm-hmm. and three or something in Cleveland. Um, they also have a, this the center situation we're talking about. How they have two centers that are kind of similar, and they have like four centers. Yeah, but um. I, I really do think that Tyrese Halliburton is is going to be best suited as the primary ball handler. And De'Aaron, like you said, focusing on his getting your buckets, getting your shots. Um, and if that shot's not there, kick it back out to Tyrese and let him let him create for you. Move out the basketball. Let Tyrese create because he can make things happen on the fly, uh, literally. We know that he jumps in the air, and he's very good at making decisions in a split second when, he's, when his feet are off the ground. So mm-hmm. um, great basketball from Ty. Some of the best basketball I think we've seen in his career. And yeah, like you said, full season under his belt and um quite a rookie showing. Quite a rookie showing. Say the the best thing about Tyrese Halliburton, the fool has so much fun. Like he is like if if I were to be out there watching and not playing, but just on the court watching, like watching him react to Rashawn Holmes's putback last night, watching him get in Tristan Thompson's face after after he threw it down before he got the technical being like bro like that was wild um after the Davion crossover 
Tyrese is like running out of the court with his hands behind his head, like, oh my very, he's god, very, uh, very gifable, very, very gifable. It's just very li- he's just alive. He's very he's much very alive, alive on the court. Um, he, he's got to be the, like the most likable. I mean, the Kings yeah. players are likable. Rashawn's been likable yeah. for a long time. Um, HB's likable for his own way. But I mean, this guy is just so exuberant. He's such a like you said, he's like a kid. It's like a kid. Yeah. It's, like, it's like a kid playing like Parks and Rec or something like that. How you're just happy to be out there with your buddies and and hanging out. With everyone is having a good time. Even and- in the post game, like he's making light with Brendan all the time about his defense and his always. You know, he he knows like it's tongue in cheek. Like he's he's like you know you you're, you're criticizing my defense, but at the same time, like I'm also acknowledging like yeah, like we are a bad defense. Like I'm not upset at the fact that you're promoting me being bad at defense. Like he's like, you know, honestly, like if I don't give you anything to talk about, then and the team needs that, you know, if I, if I take care of it, then you, you won't have anything to talk about. The team needs that. And honestly, it's molding himself into a leader of this team. I think it's molding himself into the, the leader of this team. Um, each time he does that. And he, he said at practice this week, how he feels it's been easier this season to be more outspoken and, and kind of get to a place where he was in college, where, he can be that voice, that voice in the locker room and voice on the floor um, and be vocal on the floor. So, and that's not a knock on De'Aaron or, or anyone else, or Harrison, Rashawn, anyone else that's in on the, the, the Kings, but Tyrese as a floor general, as the point guard, as the, the controller of the offense and the pace of the game, he should be that voice. He should be outspoken. And he's done a great job of that. And he's been fun to watch. I'll even say, forget positions, like as a, top three player on the team. Like, I think that's the real key is like, we've seen Tristan Thompson try and lead. And even last night he tried to, you know, give some, give some energy with his passion. Um, that was hilarious though. The it, it was hilarious. He's just kind of like, all right, well, I don't, I don't, yeah. he's like, I don't care. I don't care. You know, problem. To the crowd and stuff like, it, you know, you need those kind of guys, but you also need people who are on the court actually doing things who are leaders because, yeah, you know, it's nice to yell from the bench, but you're really no different than a coach at that point. And as as Tristan himself said, I don't need no damn coach to motivate me. Yeah, that was also um, a great quote. So it's, was- it's just great to have somebody on the court who's, you know, like one of the th- two, three best players on the team that it's like, you know, you, you kind of have to respect what he's saying because he's he's walking the walk, not just talking the talk. And I think that's a really big thing with, with basketball teams specifically is, is like we need leaders who are actually putting up productive stats. Yeah. Completely agree. Completely agree. Yep. Um, Coke machine feels wrong. Let's not do Coke machine. We're, um, we're on a three game yeah. win streak. I mean, it's, it's, we know it's, it's buddy. It's buddy. It's buddy. We talked about enough. We don't yeah, need to be negative. Uh, we, we should try. Just... I mean, we'll, we'll be negative when, when we need to be negative. Yeah. But if they were just... two and one, we would do it. It's it's buddy and things are good right now. We're having a happy pod. Let's move into the fun, the funny yeah. part or whatever part. Who is this? Who do we have today for for basketball? Basketball reference roulette. Who the hell? Oh my god! Yes, sir. I first thing I see is Hassan Whiteside. Yes. So I'll read out the names. I think as I I usually do. Um, Isaiah Whitehead. Never heard of him. He looks like a recent player. Sounds familiar now that I'm thinking about it, but I definitely don't know anything about Isaiah Whitehead. Kelly Oubre Jr. Happy birthday, um, Kelly Oubre. What's he say? Like 26 years old. Tsunami Poppy, right? Tsunami Poppy. Tsunami Poppy. Chris, he's your age. He's your age, man. Uh, his, you know, his mom calls him Kelly. I'm going to call him Kelly. Um, 
Kevin Garnett, who is, you know, we could probably go on and on. Anything is possible. AC Green, Jose Calderon, John the Baptist Collins, uh, Jared Jeffries, Jared Cunningham, who was also a king, I think, for like 10 days. For a second. Hassan Whiteside, who was a king for two seasons, I guess, technically. Uh, Julian Stone, never heard of you. He spells his name. He spells Julian, J-U-L-Y-A-N. Why are you bullying your child like that? Uh, Jarrell McNeil and Semi Ojale, who I did not know was on the Bucks. Now, Love I did not know that either. Love I do have um. Can I start? Absolutely. Can I start? Okay. The first thing that popped out to me when I look at this this slate of players today, Jose Calderon. Mm. He, uh, back this is back when the Kings were they just had stayed in Sacramento. Things were great. They were like gonna put together a winning product, right? Uh, at the time, that was 2013. Going into 2013, 2014, Calderon, I'm pull up his numbers real quick. I'm looking at he, his three-point numbers, and holy hell. That boy he can shoot. shoot. He, and from the free-throw line, too. My lord, 87% from the free-throw line. Uh, following 2012, 2013, though, he had just led the league in three-point percentage, 46%, Insane. 11 points per game, seven assists, and he was only 31. So the Kings... I'm reading it right here. And I remember when they brought him in, cause I wasn't in, in college and I was just kind of new to Twitter and I was following it. They brought him in. They offered him a multi-year deal and <laughs> Jose Calderon rejected it because of what reason do you think? That's tough. That's <laughs> not great. They, it's they reject great when like people who kind of need to stay in the league are like, uh, I'll take my chances elsewhere. Uh, he rejected the offer because he's looking for a team that is, quote, little further ahead in the rebuilding process than the Kings. Mm. Well, Jose, you weren't wrong on that one because here we are no. nine years later almost. Uh, and the quote from his agent said, it wasn't the right timing right now. The Kings did a great job. They have a great vision for it. They're going with the franchise. They have a ton of energy. It's just where Jose is. They're rebuilding and everything. It wasn't the right fit right now respectful nice and they went about the right way and they were absolutely right what team did jose join after that uh he went to detroit i think you know he went to he went to detroit or dallas excuse me for one year in dallas let me see how dallas did that season 49 and 33 so in the the playoffs at least he's a man of his word he made the right move that's a smart smart man smart agent um so yeah that, that I remember when that came up, and at the time I was bitter, like, well, why don't you want to come here? And it's like, oh, because the Kings <laughs> sucked. <laughs> They're horrible. Are, are, were, whatever you want to say. But mm-hmm. uh, not right now. But, yeah, that's my first one. So Jose has, like, Bano Udrith energy so hard. Like, he Super. would have been Bano. He would have been like, oh, ho- like, Jose's averaging, like, 13 this year. Like, that's kind of fun at least. I- I'm stunned looking at that though, and seeing he was only 30, going to be 31 when that happened, because he literally looked like he was 45 years old back then. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, this is tough for me. I can't lie; I don't really have like anything specific to say about any of these. The rest of these guys, I just kind of like really liked at one point Jared Cunningham. He used to do between the legs dunks all the time, and I was like, this fool's gonna be something. Uh, let me see his sack stats. He played eight games for the Kings, uh, seven minutes a game, three points. So didn't really get much of a shot at all. I don't want to spend my time talking about Jared Cunningham. John Collins, so fun. Like, I, well, like 
I don't even know. There's not really much to say about John. He's there John was rumors. <laughs> there was rumors that the Kings were were going to offer him a max offer sheet. I don't. Those were unconfirmed. There were, yeah, last rumors. season. I remember hearing that. We did hear that though, but we can't confirm yes. because we didn't. It just was something we heard from somebody. <laughs> um, didn't happen though. I don't think he would have came here anyway. But should we? I'm sorry. There's an elephant in the room. We have to address it. Hassan White's on here. We can't let this go by without. We can't. I really don't have anything to say about Whiteside. Like, can we just talk about real quick what what the hell that was the last year bringing him in when the quote was I think how the Kings want to get younger and they were going to get younger, and then they signed a 30 year old, 31 year old center and play him literally only half the games and just was. It just didn't make much sense. I just don't really understand what the move was. It for pub like was it for a big name? Like, I don't I, think so. I think they had the the idea of Hassan Whiteside is. I mean, the Kings needed rim protection. He had just led the league in blocks. If he had, I mean, I think even in that Portland year, he was putting up hollow stats. I think he averaged dude, like yeah, 15, 15 and, 13. and thirteen. We like Hassan sixty percent shooting. Just wasn't that guy. I mean, he he, he took ten shots a game too. You're not that guy, pal. Trust me. You're yeah. not that guy. His role and his role just wasn't going to be that with the Kings. I mean, he he went from uh, 10.5 shots a game. That's la- the previous season in Portland down to 6.2, which is the lowest that he had been since rejoining the league. His first year in Miami, he took eight shots a game. So, you know, it just My, wasn't Miami. the role that he was going to be productive in. And, and Hassan Whiteside isn't like if you're going to play him 10 15 minutes you better hope that he's locked in and engaged that night because sure. he's just kind of one of those guys who's you know he's floating at all times do you want to make a guess about how much money hassan whiteside has made over his career i was gonna say 55 million but it's more than that man. um man did he get like a hundred million dollar contract at one My, point miami paid this man so much let me money see. let me see let me see they paid him more money than anyone the Kings is making. Other, aside from De'Aaron Fox, no one on the Kings is making this much money right now. And he made that for four years straight. He made 22 plus million for four years. He ended with 27 million before coming here. Yeah, I was like, he started at 22 million. And he went from escalated. That's it's not that's, like the Buddy Heald contract that started at 25 and it wasn't front loaded. And at 18. Can. Is that the biggest drop off in year to year salary we've ever seen? Twenty seven million to two million. Well, I think I can one up that. Let me see here. Blake Griffin, if I'm not mistaken, went from max to minimum. Max uh, to minimum? Yeah, let's see. I believe he was on a minimum contract. I think he's on a minimum contract right now at Brooklyn. Blake Griffin um, went from oh my yeah you're right yeah he went from thirty four thirty two and then uh, one this season he's making one yeah but the year before that he went from thirty two to one million so he actually went up he went up the season one million so good that's that's a pay increase right there Blake that's has great. made two hundred and twenty six million dollars he's he's career. fine his kids kids will be fine too he he's, is doing okay whoa doing okay. and I just went to. Homepage of Basketball Reference, and Frank, you are right. Basketball Reference changes their players at the top of every hour. You do. We now have a new list. It is 11 o'clock, and I have, well, you know what? Jeez. Jeez. Uh, yeah. We're going to have to Jeez. get sad here. Yeah. Tyler Honeycutt is the first name on this list. And I mean, Tyler Honeycutt was brought yeah. in the same season um, as Jimmer Fredette and Isaiah Thomas. Second round pick, 
Um, I think he went to, he went to UCLA. Obviously, didn't really do much for the uh, for the big club. Uh, I remember he he was one of the first Reno Bighorns guys um, back when back when that was the the team's G League affiliate. And what I remember about Tyler Honeycutt is his leaping ability. Like he, no, he could crazy jump bounce. out of the freaking gym. I think he won like a Chinese dunk contest a couple years ago. But if anyone's listening, go, go Google or YouTube Tyler Honeycutt dunk on the Kings. He had a huge dunk on the Kings. I can't really? remember who's inspired. It's on YouTube. Yeah. Huge dunk. Um, yeah, I mean, tragedy. He was one of those guys didn't have any skill at all besides leaping, and that was it. And kind of like those guys were were heavy in like the mid to. I mean, it wasn't really mid two thousands, but like late twenty or early twenty tens. Like it was a lot of, you know, he was pretty much just a bigger Jared Cunningham, a very super athlete. That's exactly but, what I was gonna say. That's exactly yeah. what I was gonna say. They both were very <laughs> like freak athletes, but they couldn't yeah. shoot the ball. They couldn't really do much else. But couldn't do anything. Yeah, it was exciting watching him and his seeing mm-hmm. his athleticism at the time when he showed in spurts. But mm-hmm. um, take care of your, your mental health and mental well being, everybody. Yes. It's a very sad story. Very, um, very sad story. It's a very sad story, but take care of your mental health. It's super important. I'm a big mental health guy. See a therapist. Mm-hmm. It's healthy. It's good for you. Just mm-hmm. Do it. Because um, I'm telling you, your family doesn't want to hear you talk about your problems all the time. Not always. It's better to talk to someone mm-hmm. so you don't overload people. Make them mm-hmm. feel like they're taking on too much of a load. Um, next up, I'm looking at David Lee because David Lee's a guy (laughs) that he was really, really good for five years. Uh, the Knicks and then the beginning of that Warriors run, he won a ring with the Warriors paid boy. You want to talk about people getting paid. David Lee got paid and didn't do anything before it was in fashion. He made a hundred million dollars. Yes. You know, My looking back, his contract Lord. really wasn't that bad. He he started off at 10 mil his first year at the Warriors and ended at 15 in 2014-15. So it was like a four-year, uh, was that, like $45, $50 million contract? Yeah, yeah he got paid. Bad. Got, was, I remember paid. thinking it was really bad at the time. but Yeah, he paid generously. No, but I remember at the time when I was in high school, I think. Yeah, was I in high school? Yeah, I was in high school and he was with the Warriors scoring 20 a game. And I thought, wow, the Kings could use someone like that. Because we have Jason Thompson as our starting forward. Um, so, yeah, I remember that one year I thought that. And then two years later, I didn't think that anymore because he was bad. So Two-time All-Star David Lee. That's kind of random, like how the, when Brad Miller was an All-Star with yeah. the Kings. Brad Miller was an All-Star twice with the Kings. And it was kind of just like... Why? I mean, yeah. Why? Why was he an all-star with the Kings? You, you know, when you're on a good team and, and you, you know, David Lee, I'm looking averaged uh, 18 a game on one of those Warriors, 18 and 11. Like, you know, he's he's putting up numbers. You, you When you put up numbers on teams that, you know, win some amount of games, people are like, oh, yeah, who's going to be the Warriors representative? And, you know, the Kings at the time were, were – pretty damn good and yeah i think it was him and mike both made it oh yeah uh, mike Bibby, I, don't, I don't think yeah. mike Bibby ever made the all-star team really i don't think he ever made it no interesting he, he didn't he made all rookie oh, team that's, wow that's it he should have though in 20 he um, definitely should have 20 2005 2005 he averaged 20 nine. points 21 points a game yeah he should have been an all-star that year and he was also shooting 38 from three and i mean yeah that's an all-star season so mike deserves yeah. his flowers um, you want one more? One more you want to talk I about? I do want one more. Um, oh man, 
Jay Rich or Joe Johnson? Jay Rich or Joe Johnson. I just really want to. I mean, I have two, those two. I think of two specific plays for each of them. Well, I guess Jay Rich probably. I should think about more. But can I guess um, the Jay Rich play? Sure. Or if you guess it, I'll be so it, happy. Is it specific to you, or is it a big play of his? No, it's a, it's it's. Um, I don't want to give away too much, but it it is it is a play. It doesn't have to do with me. That's what I'll say. Was it? Is it the arm in the rim? No. That's okay. what I was like. Oh, I should probably think about some more plays. And like, obviously, Jay it? Rich has all the dunks. It's kind of disrespectful, actually, <laughs> the fact that when I think of Jason Richardson, the thing that I think about is actually one of his missed dunks. And I shouldn't even say missed oh, because the thing that I think about when I think of Jason Richardson is, I believe it was opening night. I can't remember what season it was, but he was on the Phoenix Suns. Jay Rich, just I think he leaked out and had wide open dunk on a fast break. Tries to do a 360. And what do you think happens? He misses the basket completely. Nope. What we saw happen countless times before and a, and a couple times after, from out of nowhere, one LeBron James oh, comes no. and pins his 360 dunk attempt. And just like it was nothing. Like, I'm hold on. I'm going to see if I can pull it up right now. Richardson, LeBron, bang. And uh, I, I will never forget, yeah, 360 dunk attempt. Let's hope I don't hit sound here. Sorry, I'm ruining the end of this podcast. But you can that's share, what I think about when I think of Jason Richardson. You can share your screen. The, the huge dunk contest. Was that in Oakland? I think uh, where he went between the it, legs and – that was one where uh, Gerald Wallace was know, in it, too. Had probably the best dunk contest performance ever seen. Yeah, I'm looking at this LeBron thing. Wasn't Gerald Wallace in that dunk contest? Do too? yourself a favor and watch uh, Jason Richardson get pinned by LeBron. It's It, it hits every time. Um, Instead of giving him his flowers, we're just reporting as that's happening. Um, but that's what I think of when I think of Jason Richardson. Obviously, one of the best dunkers of all time, but the, the dunk that, that didn't happen. And Joe Johnson, the play I think of is the uh, Paul Pierce crossover when he made Paul Pierce fall to the ground. One of the nastiest crossovers I think I've ever seen. Also, do yourself a favor and watch that if you haven't. I think about Joe Johnson was traded to the Kings in that Shumpert uh, Cleveland three-team de- deal. The Kings received Joe Johnson, and then we waived him. I was really hoping that he would play for us. but If I had to guess, he probably talked with the team. It was like, I'm not playing here. <laughs> He's like, I ain't going to be here. I ain't going to be here. And then he went to Houston. And so. did nothing. Yeah. I Waved by the nothing. Kings and signed a contract rest of the season with Houston. So yeah, they got Shumper and they got Joe Johnson that season. Great. Fantastic. Kings continuing to be awesome. Anywho. Um, Anywho. Yeah. yeah any- make sure. No, yeah. make sure you look up the videos. People getting dunked on um, three game road trip. We'll be back on Tuesday. I think we'll actually be in the office Tuesday. Probably both both of us. So yes, we will back Tuesday to live on site work. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm feeling good. Feeling good. Happy. The team's playing well. I'm ready for tomorrow. Ready to get my heart broken. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> I was gonna say I'm ready to be sad about the. Uh, them just absolutely tricking games and i will say these are like these are some tough games I, they're not it's not as easy as the stretch they had earlier like the hornets the Cavs, and the raptors are all 
you know, hovering around that 500. Um, I think the Raptors are the, are under 500 and, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not going to be a cakewalk for the team. Hopefully Charlotte, hopefully for the Kings, Charlotte doesn't have all their guys back, but, um, you know, I'm not looking at these three games being like, we're going to, we're going to be six and oh here or, you know, six straight. Like there's a real possibility that the Kings go one and two in this stretch as well. Well, There's a, there's. I think it's more likely they go one and two than than two and one. Um, Cleveland is, yeah. I think they're bad at home, but they do have a lot of talent and mm-hmm. they're deep. Like they have it's a get right game. Also, they have the 2012 Minnesota Timberwolves on the bench with Ricky Rubio and Kevin Love, the one-two punch. Uh, so they, they there there's no easy games coming up. Um, Charlotte, the Kings really matched up well with them i thought in the first time and that was with their their full team healthy and the kings obviously beat them by 30 um new game though new game new circumstances we'll see what happens and then obviously they play early also i i feel like the team always comes out flat when they they do play it's these always, four o'clock five o'clock games it's always miserable watching games at at four um yeah. And then Toronto. Toronto is no slouch. No. And the Kings beat them last year on the road, but they're they are a different looking team this year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Siakam, Van Vliet still there, um, Scotty Barnes. Yeah. Kings lost them this year already. So mm-hmm. time for And then a lot of home games after that. So we, we will be back to talk about the long Kings homestand. Uh, we will also be back to hopefully talk about the Kings continuing uh, their winning ways and uh, figuring out what what Kings basketball looks like. Um, Until then, Frankie Cardicelli, Chris Watkins, thank you all for listening. Hope you all enjoyed. See you next week. Peace.